0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe. And good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to a matinee edition of uh-huh. We Got Next. I'm Ricky Hampton, the former Milwaukee Bucks center, Paul Mokeski, coming to you on a Monday afternoon, special edition. Big Mo, is good to see you, brother.
0: Can't believe you got a sweater on, man! It's like eighty degrees here. It
1: can't be snowing there, can it? Man, it is snowing in Detroit. May first, we got snow. Not just today, but tomorrow.
0: That's crazy. But you know what?
1: I still got nine holes in this morning. How? What was the temperature? It's uh, well, it's got to be in the thirties, right? We got snow. It's not sticky. Cool. Well, but it's yeah. Thick. What was it this morning though? Oh, well, we teed off. Yeah. About 36, 36. You, you
0: better hit it pure or your hands hurt, right?
1: But but you know, my golf league starts this weekend, man. You gotta get it in. I gotta get it in. You gotta get to work yeah. in. Hey, right, we, we got work to do. So we were out on the course this morning. And uh before I get into all that, man, let's be sure to welcome our uh viewers in uh who are watching us on We Got Next uh live on Facebook on the African American Athlete and on YouTube. We appreciate you guys checking in. Love to hear your questions and uh comments. And Mo man, we got a lot to talk about. I, I really couldn't wait for the show to start. I'm actually excited that we we'll start early. I don't know if I made it to nine o'clock. Because a lot <laughs> of stuff I want to run by you um probably starting with Uh, Steph Curry's performance yesterday and uh, he literally willed the uh, 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 Golden State Warriors to a Game 7 victory over Sacramento. uh, Yeah, I
0: mean Sacramento had a home court Game 7. The place was going crazy. It was loud. The first half was a battle back and forth you know, ties, and but nobody could go up more than five points. Uh, and I was sitting in my house telling my, my wife, Linda, don't let Golden State get up by more than 10 because this will be over. And that's what happened. But, you know, in the first half, to me, it looked like uh, they were just uh, the Warriors besides Steph Curry were working underwater. I mean, Clay Thompson was one for 10, I think. Uh, uh, Poole looked like he was trying to force everything and show that he's worth that $140 million. Uh, Andrew Wiggins was a turnover machine. Uh, you know, it was just a bad, bad first half. And I know going into halftime, you know, I've told you this before, if you're a coach, and, you know, you're, I don't know what it was. It was tied or it was really close in halftime. But if I'm the Golden State Warriors, I'm saying, listen, we can't play much worse than this. Steph, you're carrying us, that's great. But it's going to turn around in the, first, in the second half. And not not only did Steph turn it on; I mean, he was unconscious. But you know, uh, Clay hit a couple key threes. Poole made it a couple good drives. Um, uh, you know, and Looney, uh, you know, we talk about this a lot, Ricky. How everybody knows their rules, roles, but a lot of people don't accept them. Yeah. Well, Looney is a perfect example of a guy who sees where he fits in. Uh, he, he needs rebounding, toughness in the paint. Uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, getting offensive rebounds and putbacks—that's all they need, uh, and that's all he does to the to the point of 20 plus rebounds for three games in the series and showing his value. Hello, uh, young players out there—you don't have to score uh, 25 points to impact a game. Looney impacted that game; he impacted that series, in my opinion. But uh, you know, I, I had the Gold State Warriors to start the series. Um, you know, it got a little shaky. I've been texting Steve Kerr back and forth, uh, you know, and uh, congratulated him on on a great series win. Um, and now a little little, little short rest before they go in and, and play the Lakers. But, you know, Golden State, you know, is making a push. This is probably the last dance for this group, right? I mean, you know, Draymond's talking about leaving. Um, you know, Curry's getting older. You know, everybody's getting older, and uh, this is probably their last push. And a, a team as offensively talented as they are, when you put that on the board and this is our last push and everybody knows it, you know, that can get you past some series including a seven-game um, tough game, at least for the first three quarters in Sacramento. So uh, Golden State ran away with it at the end. This,
1: this is what I wanted to ask you. One, as a former player, 12 years in the league, years coaching, scouting, when you see a performance like that, what goes in your mind? Number one, if you are, not only did you play, you are a fan of basketball. You're a basketball fan. How do you look at it that way? And number three, when a job gets going like that, from a coaching standpoint, is there anything that yeah. can be Are you at their mercy? Break those three things down for me, Mo.
0: Well, at, at, their, at their level, we'll go backwards on that. Is there something you could do? Sure. But, I mean, I played against some of the greats, you know, Larry Bird, uh, Magic Johnson, some guy named Michael Jordan that once when they get going, you know, it's hard to stop. However, as a coach and a coaching staff, you need to have some plans because you know it's a matter of time before that happens with someone like Steph Curry. So, you got to trap him, you got to get the ball out of his hands, you gotta knock them down every once in a while legally, uh, and try not to get a yeah, flagrant good. one. But if you get a flagrant one, that's okay. Flagrant two is not. Uh, but you gotta disrupt him. You can't have the same people. That's what the Bucks did wrong in their series against Miami. Uh, you know, Butler was going off. You know, he and, and they kept the same guys on. I'm sure Holiday's a great defender, but you need to change it up. Offensive players like routine. Uh, if they know who's guarding them they know what the, how they can attack that certain person put somebody else on them um you know that's what you have to do trap them every once in a while maybe play a little zone maybe you gotta shake it up and do something different because if you're gonna sit back there and watch someone like that or you know someone like curry or butler or or guys at that level just do their thing you're not in my opinion you're not coaching enough sure let, let's take the Golden State Series, right? Because I hear people talking about you need to double-team Curry, take it out of his hands, uh, which you do at some, at some times. But is it scary for a coach? Yeah, because guess who he's going to pass it to? Clay Thompson, you know, shooting the three. Or Andrew Wiggins driving and dunking. Or, yeah, of course it's scary. But is it more scary to watch him go off for 50 and win the game? You know, so, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, a give and take. And as a coaching staff, you got to have a feel for, okay, maybe in a timeout when he's starting to go off, okay, for the next three minutes, whenever uh, Curry comes off a pick and roll, we're going to trap him and get the ball out of his hands and rotate. Hard, fast rotation to clay, slower rotation to pool and and Wiggins. And you have to practice that. And that's in your scouting report. So, you know, but at the bottom line, I mean, you talk about Embiid, Joker, Giannis, those guys, those MVPs, they're all big guys. They can all score 50 points. Um, but, you know, Curry to me is harder to guard than all those guys because he gets to the basket. You saw it right there an N1 flip shot. He does it. He, he shot a, I think this is it, maybe. No, but uh, after this, he shot a running hook shot in the paint. Yeah. I mean, and, you know, we're not talking about just his three point shots, which are. Phenomenal and deep as you want, and you think you got him guarded, but you don't. And uh, you know this is the hook shot. Watch this. That's a running hook shot. Come on, man. So uh, you know it's <laughs> so hard to guard. And Lakers gonna have to come up. Darvin Ham and his staff are gonna have to come up with certain schemes to throw him off his game when he gets rolling like this.
1: Now, now, as a fan, just you love basketball just like we do. Yeah, I mean,
0: like that play right there, you know Steph can shoot deep and shoot threes, but he can put a, a defender on skates, and there's a little pull-up mid-range that we love. You can get to the basket, and you know who he reminds me of? Um, uh, probably at a different level, but people might think I'm crazy, but I watch him up close and personal. Steve Nash. Steve Nash could shoot threes. He could get to the basket and have those little flip shots. He was a really good passer. He had a pull-up game. You know, he would taunt players by putting the ball right in front of them and they couldn't touch it. Be flipping in, uh, so he reminds me a lot of Steve Nash, uh, two point It's fun to watch. Like right, right there, he's looking at that double team. He splits it and then he does a step back three. Come on, man.
1: <laughs> and that guy's on him is six eight. He's on him as,
0: as much as you can without fouling him. You might even foul him. I don't
1: know. It looked like he fouled
0: him, right? Yeah. You know but i mean you can't guard him any better than that so you you know that's why you gotta get at some points in this series the lakers gonna have to get it out of his hands somehow you know
1: i mean he just threw that in with one hand
0: (laughs) like it's like it's a warm-up layup right right and he's always you have his cool and and he's uh, people don't know this but i know because i played golf with him and against him and and you know i do his Dad and and charlotte and and gus and all He's one of the most competitive guys. Here, that play, though, right there, how can you lose a guy that has 50 on an out-of-bounds play? That's, that's, that's a travesty that that player would lose him uh, hmm. and, and an out-of-bounds with 1.6 left to shoot a three. That was a joke right there. But, you know, Steph is one of the most competitive guys uh, on the golf course, off the golf course, and definitely on the, on the court, you know, and with his skill level, you get competitiveness, a will to work and uh, a drive to win, and you got problems if you're guarding, if you're on the other team.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm Chris Rams is checking in. What's up, Chris? Hey, Chris. How oh. you doing, brother? Uh, Chris has a question. Hold on. Let's get this in here. Hey, Paul, Clay Thompson's foot from, his, foot from his foot injury, is that what slows him down, you think? Well, I
0: think it slows him down defensively because, as we know, uh, at least before the the last injury, and he's had some major injuries. That Clay Thompson was one of the best wing defenders in the league. He's known as one of the, and I think his foot is probably still bothering him. And remember, we talked about being injured and being hurt. Everyone's injured, uh, and you got to decide if you can play or not. And Clay has decided that. Uh, so I think it really hurts him on the defensive end, being able to stop players. Uh, but I think you're right a little bit, Clay, because uh, you know if you're a jump shooter. Um, the jump shot starts from the, from the feet up. It starts from the feet up uh, with footwork and balance and goes through your legs and goes through your body and your upper body and then your shoulders and then your release. So if he's having a foot problem, that will affect him. But I don't he, – he missed wide open shots in the first half, and I don't think that has anything to do with the foot. I, I don't know if he was in a funk or whatever, but, um, you know, he's going to have to come out of it for the Lakers series. I know
1: that. And, and like you said, Mo, this is an older team. He's not the – you know, Clay's not quite the player he was before that injury. And, you know, he missed a lot of time, older. And and that's why I, I totally agree that the Warriors, as you know it, this might be it for them, This this run that they're on this time. Yeah, I guarantee
0: after that game, Curry, Clay, Draymond, Looney, all had uh, ice wrapped around their whole body on their flight back or bus ride, back. because even falling down by an accident like Curry did, when you get older, that's going to hurt you. The good news for them is the Lakers are about as old and injury prone as as they are, so it's going to be interesting series.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and and you know. A shout-out to Sacramento. It hadn't been in the playoffs in 20 years. It looked like the inexperience showed a little bit uh, too, Paul. But all in all, it was a, a a great run for them, a great year for them.
0: It gives them encouragement. They have young players, they have a great coach. So it gives them encouragement. And also, you know, back when, when we, you know, you know, the the the, uh, 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 the, the Pistons had to learn, l- learn how to beat the Celtics and the Bulls had to learn how to beat the Pistons. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, that took year, a few years of failures and, and losses and series. And you got it as a learning process. Everything's not automatic now as much as the players want to make it so because they move around so damn much. They try to chase a ring. But if you do it in a regular process, it's a growing and not only is it is physically, but it's it's experience and, and it's uh, 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 knowledge. And uh, you know, you know, they're playing in a game seven against uh, former world champions, so that puts a lot of pressure. The crowd was great, but uh, you know, in the long run, absolutely, Ricky, their inexperience showed. And guess who said that at the beginning of the series?
1: Me. Nick Moe, <laughs> Mo, no. Hey, no. <laughs> before we get into the. Uh... The the um, and we're going to touch on all these uh, series, uh, folks. But I do want to go back with, with your connections with the Bucks and how that whole thing uh, turned out. As the number one seed, being upset by Miami, and, and Miami's not your typical 18. Uh I think you would agree with that. But still, you there's no doubt in my mind that Milwaukee was the better team, but Jimmy Butler just went off on these guys. Talk about that series and, and you know, the injuries, to be honest, cost them a couple of games, but your thoughts on the Bucks and, and or maybe not, I think, mean, your thoughts on that series, then we'll go forward. Well, I think,
0: first of all, this year, series meant nothing. I mean, you know, uh, um, you know, the Suns aren't a fourth seed and the Clippers aren't a fifth seed, the Lakers aren't a seventh seed, and the Gold State Warriors aren't a sixth seed. So the seeding, Miami has a good team. They've been there before. They struggled during the season, but they're 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 no schlubs. You know, so you know the upset is not as big as people think, even though it looks like it, it's not as big as people think. You know, um, um, Staggering uh Miami. Um, but uh you know your seeds don't don't mean much this this season except in the east maybe so I kind of take that out of, the, out of the equation but in my opinion the roster that the bucks have had this year should be good enough and talented enough to beat the Miami Heat even without Giannis so that's my opinion and uh you know obviously they're a different team with Giannis but also it's a different dynamic because he takes so many shots and handles the ball a lot but you know, uh, Jimmy Butler stepped up huge and, you know, willed to Miami to win that series. But, you know, Bam uh, out of Miami, uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, he had a great series. I mean, double-doubles and 25 points and 12 rebounds, and he had a great series. And, you know, Hero, uh, Tyler Hero got hurt, and uh, Duncan Robinson stepped up and did a great job. Shoot, in the last game, Lowry stepped up and had 18 points. We, we forgot he's still on that team. So uh, you know Miami's not a bad team. The Bucks should have beat them. I think they let themselves down. Um, you know losing games at home and uh, the fall apart in the fourth quarter of that last game was embarrassment to the Bucks organization and the players and coaches on that team to have a 16-point lead at home fall apart. Look like you're a, a freaking JUCO team. Uh, at the end of that thing, no one wants to handle the ball. No one wants to shoot the ball. Not even get a shot off to tie the game up, and let let them tie it up on a junior high play at the end. You know that that the way that ended. You know, people are going to win series and lose series and move on and all that. And Giannis says, it's "Not we're not." You know, it's not a failure. Not a yeah, but when you lose a, series, a game in a series that way, it is. Sorry, it is.
1: Do they need to add to that roster, or is it just they need to, is, they're, uh, going to, they're
0: going to need to tweak the roster, uh, and they're going to possibly have to look at a, a coaching change because, you know, I hate to say this, but at some point, um, you know, teams do need a, a different voice in the locker room. I used to hate that when I was coaching. Uh, you know, I've been fired, I've been hired. Uh, but, that, you know, at this point, for them to lose like they lost, it's a glaring red flag to me if I'm an owner, uh, and uh, you know, let's face it, Giannis, um, you know, is looking at his future, um, you know, so they have to either tweak the roster and maybe the coaching staff and be, help people hold held accountable. And I'm going to call call him out. Giannis needs to work on his game. Giannis is a former MVP of the league, but he has so many weaknesses in his game. He needs to spend the summer working on his game, not going playing for Greece with his brothers, not doing that. He needs to work on his free throws. I think he missed 12, 14. I don't know how many missed the last game. I mean, you know, you got to work on your free throws. Have someone actually work with you and get a cleaner uh, routine because the routine free throws are about routine and, and consistency. You need to do that. You need to get a better pull-up game so you're not charging in there all the time. You can actually save yourself injuries and bumps and bruises, you can pull up and make a shot. You have to work on your three-point shot because it's 20-whatever percent, so inconsistent. And you got to work on your passing when guys are on you. So if I was working with them in the summer, number one, we're going to work on free throws, we're going to work on your pull-up game, and then we're going to work on you going to the basket where i got another seven-foot guy that's athletic on you, i got a coach with a pad hitting you on the arm, and then I'm going to have you see if you can find players that you can kick out to. But, uh, I mean, that's one thing And, 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 and he's, tali-
1: he's, he's talented enough to improve in those that's, areas.
0: No question. But here's the point. I mean, I love his competitiveness. I love that he stayed in Milwaukee instead of jumping ship and going somewhere else. I love that he said, you know, I'll, you know, instead of moving around, I want to win with the guys we have. That's awesome. But guess what, Giannis? you got to work on your own game. I mean, Butler took you apart. You were hurt, whatever. But your game is limited. Everyone can see it. Uh, maybe maybe people are afraid to tell you that. But and it's not it's not shameful. I mean, when I was in the league, uh, Michael Jordan was a driver, penetrator, slasher. Turned into a, a a very good shooter, and then he turned into a low post guy, right? So he worked on his game all through his career. You need to look at doing that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I, I hear that. I hear that, and I think about Vodnhozer's job is on the line now. He won the title two years ago. Nick which, Nurse, which, which as
0: we know, as we know means nothing. I was going to say nothing.
1: I because Nick Nurse won three years ago, he it got means, the. Blue.
0: It means nothing. Every the year means nothing. It's what you do. What What have you done for me lately, and what can you do for me in the future? And uh, and, I, and I'm sorry, and, and I know uh, uh, our hearts are out to him because his brother passed away uh, after the game before that in a car accident, and, you know, his mind was somewhere else, and, you know, we understand that. Then, then damn it, assistant coaches step up again and, and help him out. And, uh, you know, to, to come out and not call a timeout with eight seconds left, and we talk about that, you got the rebound, Giannis has it in his hands, great. Let him see if he can create, get to the rim. But if not, you still got four seconds five seconds. time out, and his system should have helped him with that. And, uh, you know, that those kind of mistakes, no matter what the circumstance off the court, um, you, you can't get past. Um, and, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting <laughs> to see what – and they have new ownership, by the way. The Bucks have brand-new ownership. Um, so we're going to see what happens. Uh, the way they lost in the first round – it would be really not very very educated for people to think they're not going to make any moves. Well, they got a they got a, a really a great coach, one of the top coaches. Great. They have really monster won championship years ago. Great. They have one of the best players. Are great. But some not made the way you lost, and with new ownership, there is going to be moves made, probably in the roster and with the coaching staff.
1: Hey, Paul, when you hear you hear people say that all the time. Uh The coach has lost his voice. Uh Chuck Daly was a great coach here in Detroit. won two championships. He left on his own. He said, they don't listen to me anymore. Larry Brown left. Larry Brown always leaves. Yeah, Larry Brown always leaves. Out you kind out. of yeah. the same thing. Is that, is that true? And, and why is that not the case in college? Because the guys leave?
0: Well, guys... Just look at the Got to leave the portal. college now too. Just look at the transfer portal. There's 2,000 players in it. So that's not true anymore. It used to be true because, like I've said before, in college, the head coach is the face of the program. The head coach has all the power. The head coach makes the decisions about scholarships and who plays. The head coach <laughs> is the man. In the NBA, the head coach is not the man. The head coach does not make most of the decisions. The head coach doesn't put the roster together. And uh, 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 and all the players have all the star players in the NBA teams have more power than the head coach in the NBA. That's the truth. I mean, you don't think if Giannis went to the ownership uh, today and said, listen, we need all new coaches that within a week, there'd be all new coaches. Of course they would. And I would say the same with Holiday. i would say the same with Middleton, not with Lopez, maybe, but maybe. I mean, that's just the fact. You. you you don't think if steph curry went to the ownership and said hey we can't play for steve kerr anymore that they would wouldn't fire steve kerr of course they would that's just a fact i'm not saying that would ever happen but that's the way the nba is now and uh, yeah. when you've been with a team i don't know how long wooden has been there probably eight years maybe six eight
1: years. i'll look it up
0: yeah but if you're with a team for five six eight years through good bad times and good times and championships and but there's all these practices and meetings and video sessions and airplane rides and games and locker room conversations and locker room talks and lo- all of those sometimes add up at some point some players will say "I don't want to hear this anymore, you know at least not from you sometimes that happens it's just the nature of the game i don't know if that's happened um for sure, but from looking at the way they played in that series and the way they lost, you know, I would say if I, if I was a bet man, I'd say that's probably what's happening.
1: Mike got there in 2018. Um, so that's six years.
0: Six years. So that's, and if you talk to coaches like that around the five or six year mark, that's where it starts happening.
1: Yeah. yeah. And he's a good coach.
0: Oh he's great. no, he's a great coach. He's not a good coach. He's a great coach. But you have to be like I said a long time ago. When I when I have training camp and I bring all the players in, say I have 18 players, I got 12 spots. I say I'm not looking for the 12 best players. Sorry, I'm not looking for the twelve best players. I'm looking for the twelve players that make up the best team and give us a chance to win. That's what I'm looking for. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut some of you that are better players than others because the others fit in more. Right. The same with a coach. You're not great coaches, you know, that lose their voice or uh, just don't fit anymore. It doesn't mean they're not great coaches. They're great coaches. Maybe not for this team at this point.
1: It is really fascinating to, you know, to get all this behind the scenes information from you on how how this game works. You know, because for so many fans, they just see the game. When it comes on TV tonight, they'll watch the game. But there's a whole other world that is existing behind there to get that roster and lineup out to center court for that jump ball with, with a, you know, to have a chance to win that game that night.
0: You know the, you know the, the you know the old tip of the iceberg, right? You only see 10% of the iceberg above the water. All the rest is under the water. It's the same with basketball. The game that they're going to play tonight is only the 10% of what the scouting reports that went together, the practices, the video sessions, the trainers trying to get players ready. Guys are in, hurt. They got to get them ready. Uh, the uh, the uh, injury report. The you know the coaching staff deciding what are you going to do? We're going to trap. We're going to let them go. We're going to switch. We're going to well, you know what are we going to do? We're going to double the post. What offense is best? All that stuff is all the stuff. And then in the back of your mind, you're going, damn, if we don't win this series, we all might not have a job next week. So we better win this series, uh, you know, because we know the general manager's not on our side. Or the owner wants to make moves. And, you know, he's the guy, the owner that uh, owns uh, 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 Dairy Queens or whatever. And, uh, you know, if he doesn't like the flavor of uh, ice cream, he's going to change it all. And that's we're the ice cream. So <laughs> all that goes on."
1: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, Mo. Let's get let's get to some of these series. Uh, tipping off tonight. This is an old school rivalry that you know a lot about, and and your teams were part of that trifecta: Philly, Boston, Milwaukee. Back in the day, the Sixers versus the Celtics. We tip off tonight, seven thirty, in uh, Boston. Uh, it doesn't look like Embiid's going to play tonight. Your thoughts on not only tonight's game, but the series. I can't see this. Availability. That,
0: that was my word over the last weeks, right? Availability. Availability. And unfortunately for uh, Philly, um, uh, Embiid's probably not going to play tonight. They don't know for sure. Um uh so um obviously he's you know one of the biggest factors of that team. MVP might even get it, might be named this week or something, I heard, and and he might get it. So obviously that that hurts their whole team. Uh but what it does to me is interesting. Like, so let's think outside the box, right? So I'm Doc Rivers and that coaching staff, so we don't have him be. So when we play and we're a good team. And B touches the ball 60, 70% of the time. He scores and he's a good passer and and all that. Uh, but guess what? We're a pretty damn slow team when he plays, right? We gotta wait for him to get down the floor, you gotta get the ball, he's gonna square out. So now if he's out, we have the we have the horses to go quickly. And what that does, if I'm if I'm the coaching staff, I'm saying, you know what, we don't have a B. We have Harden, who's becoming a a passer, leading the league in assists. That's good. But we also have have this guy called Maxie. Now, he's a super player. He's one of the best young players in the league. And when he has the ball in his hands, he's electric. So I'm going to say, you know, why don't we push the ball with Maxie? Um, You know, Tobias Harris is going to become more of a factor. Um, We're going to involve some of the younger guys with younger legs. And you know what? It's going to be harder to win without a beat. But guess what? What are the Celtics coaching staff thinking? We just prepared for a series in game one. How are we going to double Embiid? Are we going to trap Embiid? Are we going to try to and foul Embiid? And what are we going to do with Embiid and Embiid bead and Embiid? Bead and bead and bead? That's in their scouting board. And now there's no Embiid. So now we got to decide, are they going to run? Are we have, is transition going to become more important? We don't have to worry about traps anymore, right? All this stuff is playing with them. So, uh... <laughs> You know, I think it's, I have it down as, as, a, as a good series, but, I mean, the way the Celtics are playing, how deep they are, Tatum and Brown, um, you know, in the backcourt, they have Williams, the third back, protecting the rim, you know, uh, and now with Embiid's injury, you know, originally I had to go six or seven. This series might just be five, and Boston uh, gets through Philly more quickly than I thought. And, Boston, and Philly's not a very deep team either. Uh, They have a lot of talent. They have some young players, but they're nowhere. I mean, if you're looking at the Celtics, you got Tatum, you got Brown, you got Marcus Smart, Derek Derek White, and Williams III. Then you got Brogdon, Horford, Grant Williams, Muscala, Blake Griffin, all off the bench. You know, so to me, that was a five, maybe six-game series with Boston coming out on top and waiting for. The winner of the Heat Knicks and being really, really happy that they don't have to face the Bucks in the in the East Finals.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, our buddy Jared Wallace checks it. It's time for Hard to earn his pay with him. beat out. He needs to step up, as well as Maxie, who you just talked about. Yeah. Totally agree with you there, Jared. Well,
0: well, Jared, I I would caution against that because over the years. You know, Harden was the primary ball handler. He was the leading scorer uh, on all his teams. But this year, to his credit, he's took a more of a back seat, and now he averages 11 assists a game, which leads the league. So he's morphed into more of a passer than a scorer. Now, he can score at times, but I would caution him and Philly to say, okay, guess what, we need 35 from you tonight because that ain't going to happen. So uh Maxi, uh, Tobias Harris, those guys are the ones I would push to. They're going to get more minutes, and they're going to handle the ball more. Those are the guys I would push to step up. And Harden, you keep doing what you what you've been doing, and be more of a distributor now, because you know you you, you know you have Harden. If Harden starts dribbling twenty times and step back eight foot step eight eight step step backs and doing all that stuff. And uh, 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 Maxie and those guys are just standing around going, "What do we do now?" Derek might get swept out of this series, so I would caution against Harden stepping up.
1: In but, scoring but, but even even with him beat outs, you wouldn't want him to, to push it a little bit. A, a little bit, but I'm not. No, I mean, I mean he's averaging 21
0: points a game. Right. 21 points a game, six rebounds, 11 assists. So great. You're going to get some more shots because a beat is out. So, you know, that 21 turns into 25. We don't need 40 from you. We don't need that. We don't need 40. Sure, you're going to, but you're going to get more shots because the beat's out. That's only natural. So is everybody. But I would I would say, hey, it's time for you to step up. Let's get back to scoring. You know, I would, I would, I would air along the, the let's see if we can get guys involved early. And then in the, we'll see how it goes in the second half. And then you know, if it comes down to it, we need some big shots. Then you need to be there.
1: Yeah, and, and I, I think Jared's taking along the lines with you. Not so much scoring, but strong overall. What I don't want to see is jacking up shots. Yeah. The problem, and the problem is Jared that um,
0: Harden's one of the worst defenders I've ever seen in the history of the NBA. <laughs>
1: Come on, man. so
0: he is, man. Come on, you see the clips. Just standing there, don't know where his man is. So uh, unfortunately, he can't step up defensively. Now he can step up rebounding wise because he's a guy that's averaged 10 rebounds a game, even though he's older. But you know, mix it up and hey, we, instead of your six rebounds, we need to we you know, we need you. Let's get up to that 10 again, and instead of 11 assists, uh, let's see if we can get that up to 15 or something. And and now we got a chance. So it'll be interesting. It's gonna be an interesting
1: game. Hey, hey, going back to uh, Steph for a minute, I'm with you, Chris. How about Steph Curry missing both free throws in a game yesterday? I'm, and that was kind of early on. I'm saying, oh man, that not going in. Steph's out here missing, missing free throws. Yeah, that's a. Uh, he kind of really made up for that. <laughs> it really
0: it surprised me too. But here's what goes through a guy's mind. Let me let me put this in your mind. So Steph's a very good free throw shooter, right? I don't know, it's eighty percent or whatever. So uh, so now, early in the game, he's missing free throws. And what he says is, damn it, get your head together. Get focused. Get in this game. Can't miss it as easy free throws. And that might get his engine going, yeah. so he gets fitted. <laughs>
1: fitted? <laughs> got 50. Yeah, Jared is right. He said he already lost focus with me if he can't play defense. He knows how roll when it comes to defense and hustle. That is Jared, for sure. <laughs> Jared. So That's a-
0: I, I, I don't think I played with many. Maybe on my bad team, Maybe in Cleveland early on or somewhere. Hey, you know what? I got twenty five. Well, yeah, but the guy guarding got thirty. <laughs> the guy who you were guarding got thirty. <laughs> uh,
1: uh, absolutely. But your, your thoughts were Young tonight in, in this series, Mo?
0: Well, like like I said, um, it, you know, they're, uh, Philly's not going to win the series without Embiid. Um, and it's somewhat healthy, you know, not, he won't, he's never, he's not going to be a hundred percent. Most guys playing right now aren't a hundred percent that play at that level, you know, starters, uh, ro- uh, role guys can be a hundred percent, but most starters in the playoffs right now, you know, they played 82 games. Now they played another 10 or 12, whatever, eight, whatever, they're not, they're not healthy, but a beat has to be healthy enough where not only to score, but he's a really good passer and he can rebound and block shots. He needs to be uh, physically healthy enough to do that. Not at the highest level probably, because it's going to take time if, I don't know what his injury is, but if he doesn't come back, it could be a sweep or a gentleman's sweep. But even if he does come back and he's not, um, you know, if he's not an 80% uh, uh, healthy wise, you know, it it could be a gentleman's sweep. Um, I just, the more I look at this series, Boston's on a roll. They got focus. Um, you know they they have you know they have every position covered. You know Tate, uh, Tatum and Brown are two of the most dynamic backcourt in the in the league, and uh, and they have home court. So uh, you know I, I was excited to see this series before all this, and well, hopefully that they would face the Bucks and beat each other up. But I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but you never know. I mean the NBA now Boston falls asleep and gives away one of the first two games, and now some crazy things can happen. So uh, I'm interested to see how Philly plays tonight. Do they play more up-tempo? Do they attack the rim more? It's going to be interesting because it's going to give Boston a different look if they don't have Embiid.
1: Now, I, I read uh, that Embiid did take part in shoot-around today. Does that tell you anything? <clears throat> I knew yeah. what you think
0: about He, shoot he put he put his shoes he put his shoes on. He shot a couple of shots. I and mean, then he went back along. So I mean, in my day, even if you weren't going to play and you could hardly walk, Nelly, Nelly would have you out there at shoot around because then you're then the other team's going well. We got to prepare for him, you know. Uh, you know, so and sos is going to play tonight, but knowing very well that that guy's not going to play tonight, so that's a mental trick you can. I don't know if coaching staffs and and teams are are wily enough or smart enough to do that anymore but you know but if if you're the celtics you are preparing for a beat to play you can't get fooled by that either you know that's been done too before i mean that shoot around uh you know your best player is limping all over the place and guess who sees that the coaching staff the scouts damn he's hurting and then he comes in the game and he ain't got no limp
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, I, when, when you were talking about coaches losing their, 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 their voice and their influence, I thought about uh Trey Young and, and Nate McMillan and that whole shoot-around thing when Nate – I mean, Trey broke the rule. If you don't play on the shoot-around, if you don't take part of the shoot-around, you can't play. It's, it's, not,
0: it's not Nate's rule. It's the team rule. It's the what team rule. It's the team rule. It wasn't even Nate's rule.
1: <laughs> and, and it's no coincidence. Three weeks later, he was gone. Two weeks Absolutely. later, he was gone.
0: Absolutely, no question. A, people don't understand how the NBA works. They they see it as this, this this entity and and this thing, and it doesn't work that way. I mean, you can let's let's rewind a little bit. Last the the uh, the Kings uh, uh, Warriors game. Uh, I didn't really notice it during the turn of game, but I, it's been pointed out how Poole has been acting in the huddles and to some of his teammates is not in the best manner. And in my opinion, in the last series, um, or in the series early on, um, when I watched him on the bench, he wasn't playing as much, and he was acting kind of goofy, and and uh, I think he egged Draymond Green on a little bit. And, you know, I, I don't know. That stuff plays in the get seven-game series that it comes to the forefront. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of different things that go on behind the scenes that people don't see that
1: play into the ability to win a series or lose a series. Hey, uh, Chris just asked this question. You think Philly can beat the Heat if they happen to meet
0: up? That's if the Heat wins, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. Which, which Chris, I think they will because they're on a roll uh, and the Knicks uh, with uh, Randall out are struggling. So I think the Heat, Uh, If Embiid is healthy, sure, it would be a good series. But uh, if Embiid is still impaired, yeah, I think it would be, uh, you know, it'd be a good series uh, either way. But uh, what I think is going to happen is Boston's going to win in four or five, most six, and then Boston, Boston series against Miami if Miami wins,
1: maybe go six, maybe. Hey, this is from Jared. Good good info, Coach Moore. I have to get back to work, plus watch the video of today's lunchtime basketball. A few guys were playing defense and I need to get called out again on Wednesday. <laughs> hey, hey dude, nobody plays defense at lunchtime, man. <laughs> Only Jared. Jared actually did. That's why I always wanted all oh, my. Did
0: that you Jared, you're the guy I would pick on my
1: team every time. Oh, I want you on my Absolutely. team, especially so if for, pass ball to me too. <laughs> thanks for checking in, Jared. We, thanks, we certainly Jared. appreciate <laughs> you, brother. That's that's uh, uh for sure. Uh, uh, let's get to uh, let's get to the uh, other game to Other game tonight, and game two tonight: Denver and Phoenix. Mo, I was surprised at how easily Denver handled Phoenix uh, the other night. And, I'm, and and Chris Paul just looks 37, 30. You know, LeBron does not look 38. He, no. He's the LeBron of 28, but he's he still is a, you know, athletic, physical guy. And maybe that's because he's 6'9", but Chris just could not keep up with Devin Booker.
0: Yeah, I mean, and uh, you know, I don't. There's no excuses or anything. But if you watch the games, you see the numbers on the free throw line, right? That are that are etched in the free throw line. Yeah, it's the elevation of Denver. It's high altitude. That's what those numbers are. It's the altitude of Denver, mile high. So, you know, they want to remind you all the time. And guess what? If you're older, like Chris Paul, and it's like, that's going to affect you more. And, uh, you know, in the, in the long run, and uh, I think I heard, I talked about this the other day, I think. Uh, when, I, when I play in altitude, if you're at the NBA, if you can't get to the, if you can't get to the uh, Denver, uh, at least three, three days before to get used to it, it's better just to come the day of the game. And just and just fight through it. That's that's what our my recollection was. And I think they came a day and a half before anyway. So that'll have an effect. And also, um, you know, Denver's been a good team all year. Murray is back, obviously. And guess who stepped up, Caldwell Pope and Aaron Gordon. <laughs> Aaron Gordon, they both stepped up big, you know, and, uh, you know, and Michael Porter Jr. So, you know, you got Murray and you got uh, the Joker, and then you, those guys step up. And, uh, you know, it, it's, it, you're going to be a tough out. It really surprised me how easily they beat the Suns, though. And, but we said this all along, right? When they made that trade um, to get uh, KD, they got one of the best starting five uh, in the league Chris Paul, Booker, KD, Ayton, and then uh, Mikhail Bridges. So that's one. Of the the, but they don't have much of a bench. And uh, that that's going to hurt them in a seven-game series. Um, I would I would hope they'd show some more fight in Game Two, though. You know.
1: Hey Mo, what is it about running around in the mile high as, as a player? Do you remember? I mean.
0: Well, you can't breathe. <laughs> I mean, you know. I mean, you know, when you're playing there, and back when I played, you know, Denver Nuggets were a running gun team. You know, with Dan Iselin, Vanderway, and and Fast all oh, they were running. guns. Who,
1: who was the coach? Mo, Mo, Coach Mo. Uh, I, th- I think,
0: I think Mo, Mo was the coach. I think, or I third
1: think. Mo, Yeah,
0: yeah, but they were running guns. So you coming in there knowing, hey, and the best players on your team, you, they know they're going to score thirty or forty, but you're going to have to run, and you got to keep up with them, and you get around out of breath. I mean, I remember one. I, I think, you know, Brian Winters had 40 and City Monkers had 35, and somebody else had 40, but they had guys the same way. And I remember during that game, you know, uh, in late in quarters, refs are calling fouls and all fouls. And I'm like, you know, that wasn't a foul. And the ref's like, I know, I know, I just had to catch my breath.
1: <laughs>
0: so, it, I mean, it's. You know, you try to get it out of your mind, but obviously, Denver had. Look at the free throw line when you watch the game. That's what those numbers are. And they have that in the locker room. They have it in the hallway. You got mile high level now. You know, here's oxygen if you need it. You know, have plays in your head.
1: Wow. How, how do you see this series?
0: Uh, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I would think even though Denver handled them. You know, easily. Even if they handle easily this game, I can see Phoenix going back to Phoenix and winning two in Phoenix, right? Because they're you got KD, you got Booker, Chris Paul plays better at home as long as he stays healthy. Aiden needs to step up and rebound more like Looney does. Uh, But I can see them winning two in Phoenix and come back tied up to Denver. So I see this. I still see this series
1: as going seven, seven games. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, I I I'm with you there, Mark. Uh, seven game series there and and uh going back to the east the Knicks I, I tell you it was uh it was fun to hear the uh, garden rocking man it's been a while since they've had some excitement at the garden and uh the place was rocking until Jimmy Butler got to going again and uh the Heat are on a roll. And think about it. They lost their first play in game, I think, to Atlanta. Yeah. Since that game, they have uh, really kicked it in the gear. And actually,
0: they remind me of a team a few years ago, Atlanta, that did the same thing, right? Yeah. They got on a roll late, and then, uh, you know, they got on a roll at the right time. Miami's in the same situation, uh, and, and Atlanta ended up losing to Milwaukee, but. Uh, You know, they're in the same boat, and there's so much talent in the NBA. It's true. When you get on a run and guys get confident on knocking down shots, and, you know, you kind of feel like we're going to win this game no matter what, you know, you can go on a long run, and this is the right time for Miami. Remember early on in the year, I picked Miami to do well, and then halfway through, I'm like, what happened to Miami? Well, we're finding out that they have talent, and they can play. They have a good coach. And that they're doing damage and they're on a roll at the, at the at the right time. Now, you know, the Knicks with Brunson and Barrett, you know, they got a great, you know, backcourt and Josh Hart. They're playing well. But they're not going to – they might not even win a game unless Julius Randle can play. And, uh, you know, his ankle was turned. So, that's, what, you know, that's uh, availability, availability. So, you know, that's – I was looking for uh, you know a better series, but Randall's not back. But again, this is just one game.
1: Now, and, I mean, and you know Butler kind of turned his ankle a little bit. Yeah. But yeah. I can feel feeling He's going to be on the court. I mean, I mean, he is quite a competitor, Mo. Um,
0: and and how about uh, uh, Love stepping up at 107 with his gray hair? <laughs>
1: Yeah. yeah, but I remember that tra- you liked that trade when they got him.
0: Yeah, he picked up a veteran guy that's been there and didn't accept his role and uh, continued to shoot and rebound, do a lot of things, and he's filling that role right now at, perfect, at the perfect time. That was a great pickup by like them.
1: Yeah, and, and Lowry's playing solid basketball, guy who knows about winning.
0: They also picked up Zeller, a, a Serviceable big and they got Martin off the bench. who's a a 6'8 athletic guy and then Strauss can shoot the ball and he's got kind of he's got a kind of edge to him. Right. You know, and, and uh, you know, that makes him dangerous. And, and Bam Adubato is playing great. I mean, they're on a roll at the right time um, and they're meeting the right team. Right. I mean,
1: yeah, yeah. I
0: mean they're, they're meeting the right team at the right time. Um, You know, quite frankly, I think the Cavs might have been a better matchup um, for the Heat. So they're not – were pretty happy to see the Knicks beat the Cavs in their coach's room, I'll tell you that.
1: Were you surprised they dispatched Cleveland 4-1? I was.
0: Yeah, but then – They're immature. They're immature. (laughs) They have some good young talent. They're not very deep, and they don't have any experience. That's a a, – a chemistry for a uh, disaster right now. You know, but hopefully they'll they, you know they'll add a couple pieces and, and get deeper and mature. You know, but you know, anything can happen the when you find anybody running to get a team that's on a roll.
1: Speaking of immature, we we, we hadn't been on since the uh Lakers closed that series out against uh uh Memphis. But that that's the most immature basketball team I've seen in a while.
0: Yeah, it's ridiculous. I mean, you know, selling what they call it selling wolf tickets, that's what we call it. I mean yeah. you're talking you're talking about talk but you've never walked the walk. Or are you walking the walk? I mean, it's just so uh sorry, it's so uh young mentality, right? Everything has to be immediate, you not have to work for it. You should be able to talk trash no matter what, you know, you should poke the bear and, and uh, tell the Warriors the dynasty is over, and we're the dynasty when you haven't won a series yet. You know all that stupid stuff that came up uh, just killed them. And you know Steven Adams being out, and they had another player that was out, one of the third league scorers. Yeah, so that had. But in the long run, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna collapse in the first round of playoffs next year unless you grow up. You need to grow up. You know Dylan Brooks, grow up. John Morant grow up, and I don't know if they will grow up unless coaching staff or some coach, some veteran player or someone starts holding them accountable and telling you know what we should probably work more and talk less. How about yeah. that? We need less of this and more yeah. of that. That's what we need. <laughs> That's That's what awesome. I told players that. That's what we. Need. Less of this, yeah. more of this, and listen. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Uh Steve's Steve showed I'm late, still crying boss. <laughs> so long <man. laughs> uh, Mo, Mo Mo kinda touched on that and uh there are gonna be some consequences for that losing that series, you think, right Mo?
0: I think there's gonna be roster changes and more than likely coaching changes and I hope the, I hope they don't do what most NBA teams do they when they when they struggle they let go of a couple assistant coaches that had nothing to do with what was going on so if they're going to make coaching changes you know and i'm not advocating this and i don't want to lose a job but if you're going to make a coaching change make a coaching change and that means the head coach
1: yeah hey hey mo we're we running out of time a couple other things i want to run well, well one thing i want to get your thoughts on the lakers golden state series two of the greatest players of this era, and LeBron's been in a couple of eras now. Um uh, <laughs> yeah. this series. Uh, the Lakers so surprised by how they – because usually you don't turn a season around after a trade. That's, that's a rarity to see that, isn't it?
0: Unless it's the right trade. And I talked years about Westbrook is not a fit. He doesn't fit in with what's going on. So that was uh, 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 getting better by elimination of somebody. Uh, And then they made uh, some trades to get some uh, younger role players that will will accept their roles and are better defenders. And shoot better. So, you know, so Dennis Schroeder is stepping up and doing his thing. Austin Reeves is having a phenomenal uh, year. Love his play. D'Angelo Russell is like this. He's up and down. He give you a 30, and they give you a 7. Uh, so that's a big question mark. But that was a good move to bring him on. I would rather have him on my team than Westbrook. So uh, LeBron is LeBron. AD is AD if he's healthy. Uh, they picked up Vanderbilt, uh, Hachimori, and Beasley, who are great role players. So they're a better team. And uh, I think I saw a stat. They're like, since the trade, they're like 25 and 4 or something since that yeah, trade. Yeah. Uh, so they're on a roll. Uh, however, if you're looking at the series, uh, I'm looking at the Warriors' last dance. That's what I'll call it. And with Curry, Clay, Poole, uh, Draymond Green, Looney, DiVincenzo, Camingo, Wiggins, Peyton the Third, they got healthy. I think they're deeper than the Lakers, um, but it's going to come on who steps up and who's available. If AD stays healthy, and plays the way he can play, I might give the edge to the Lakers. But right now it's a toss-up, and uh, maybe the edge to the Warriors. So it's going to be interesting series.
1: Probably seven games. Yeah. Here, here's what I'm
0: could. Here's what could happen. Uh, when do they play tomorrow?
1: Tomorrow night. Yeah.
0: That could be a blowout. The Lakers could blow them out by thirty, easy, because they because uh, the Warriors just got off a, a seven game game seven. Um, you know. They went through all that. The Lakers have been resting, resting and now the Warriors go into LA uh, and try to step up, but they know. You know what happens? The Lakers
1: are going to San Francisco.
0: Oh, they're going to San Francisco, so that helps them because they play better. What happens in the series is you battle the series, a battle. We're, up, we're down two. We're up one. Now we, we won the series in game seven, and now we go down to game one and the importance of game one doesn't seem that much important anymore right you just you just have yeah, and now you got Game. you know what if we lose this game we'll win game two you know no problem but you know what uh i, I was i was wrong thanks for it's in gold state so a blob is less likely for the lakers but but i wouldn't be surprised you know they could win by 10 15. you don't know
1: i i think both both those teams can win on each other's own court oh for sure because that Uh, with the veterans they had.
0: Yeah, Well, I think like the Warriors, the worst road record in the league, but then step up and win them in Sacramento. So, you know, maybe they got that. Maybe they're eating the right pregame meal or uh, getting the right warm-up or watching the right tape before the road games
1: now. (laughs) Steve says, I think it would be Nuggets versus Boston.
0: Could be. I think Boston, I think for sure. Now that my beloved Bucks are out, um, and uh, Denver definitely could win, but uh, I would to be fast. Uh, I don't know if the, I don't think the Lakers can beat Denver, um, but I think Golden State can.
1: Could. Hey, hey, Mo, before we get out of here, terrible news for of Oakland A's fans. And you, you played in the Bay Area. You know that area very well. The A's are heading to Vegas to join the Raiders there, giving your town NFL, NHL, Major League Baseball franchises, plus a WNBA franchise. And you have been saying this for a couple of years now. It's only a matter of time before the NBA. Does that just make you even more sure when you see the A's coming? Well,
0: actually not. I think that deters a little bit because to support a baseball team, you know, there's 81 home games, hockey, basketball, there's 41. Uh, uh, NFL, there's eight or nine. nine. Um, I I don't know if uh, Vegas is a big enough market to support 81 home games, however, especially with a bad team, right? They're bad, right? So, uh, you know. Uh, uh, But someone pointed it out to me that uh, people here are going to buy season tickets to see the other teams, you know, the the Dodgers, the Angels, the Reds, the whatever they are, to see the other teams. And we're a destination city, so, you know, uh, if the Milwaukee Brewers come and play the A's, you know, they're going to have fans come and and stay for the four days and enjoy Vegas. So, um, you know, the thing is, the deal's not done yet. Uh, what was done was a commitment to buy the land, which is by, it's kind of a triangle between uh, um, uh, Allegiant Stadium and um, uh, the arena. Um, so it's uh, it's kind of a unique area. They've already cleared it out. A bit. It was by there yesterday. Uh, but it's not a done deal with the team. I don't think pretty much it is. But it was funny because on the news uh, uh, last night, you know, there was pro there. People went to the game in Oakland uh, A's game and protested the A's leaving. You know, about fifty people. And uh, our camera in Vegas scanned the rest of the crowd and said, "You know, that's interesting, but there's only eleven thousand people at the game. <laughs> that's not a good sign." You no. Know? <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, we'll keep we'll keep an eye on that, Mo. It, it is a uh, another fast paced hour, man. We certainly appreciate everybody's. Uh, questions and comments. People uh go back to work, everybody. Uh, y'all been Googling off the last hour with <laughs> us. We really appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, invite some friends for next week for sure. Absolutely. From for Big Mo Paul Mokesky, I'm Rick Hantle. We'll see you next Monday. We'll probably be at our regular time uh, next Monday and have a lot to talk about. Uh take care everybody. Peace. Peace out.